Hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Say When. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini, and today we have an incredibly special conversation lined up for you. You know, we often talk about body acceptance, intuitive eating, and breaking free from the shackles of societal expectations right here on this podcast. And one aspect of our lives where societal expectations can weigh heavily is the choice or circumstance of being childless. Joining us today is the wonderful Helen Gallagher, the wise and witty voice behind the Happy and Childless podcast, where she explores the experiences, joys, and sometimes complexities of being childless in a world that often equates womanhood with motherhood. What makes Helen's message so potent? Well, it's the universal truth of embracing who we are, regardless of societal norms and pressures, whether we're talking about body image dieting or childlessness, there's a golden thread of self-acceptance and love that binds these topics together. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or whatever you like, settle in. Let's dive into a conversation that promises to be enlightening, empowering, and maybe even a little bit entertaining. Welcome to Say When. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini. This podcast is for any woman who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or putting their lives on hold until they lose the weight. If you've had enough of diet culture, then it's time to say when. Hello, and welcome back to the Say When podcast. I have with me today, Helen Gallagher. Um, Helen, I want to say thank you for joining us today, um, for sharing your wisdom, Um, something I find really fascinating about your work is how it resonates with the women I speak to every day. You know, my listeners are these really incredible souls who are seeking freedom from diet culture and body acceptance. And they're often waiting for that elusive right moment, whether it's losing weight or finding the right partner to start pursuing their dreams. Um, When I was reading your uh, bio on your website, you know, it sounded like you had some similar struggles and situations um, with your journey to kind of getting where you are now. Would you tell my listeners just a little bit about how you got here and how you decided to create Happy and Childless? Yeah, absolutely. And firstly, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Um, So my journey, um, so when I was 40, I sadly separated from my husband. And we've been trying for years to have children. um, And it was put down to unexplained infertility. Um, And so I moved into my 40s, um, single, childless. And there were so many challenges that came with that because we live in a pronatalist society. So the expectation is that we become mothers. And so just reaching that age of 40 when so many things change in our lives, including our bodies and how we are perceived, you know, that fact that I wasn't going to become a mum, that was such a massive thing. And against society's expectation, and that is the hardest thing to actually process. Um, And so really, um, it was a really deep, time of grief you know it's disenfranchised grief people didn't recognize it as grief because I hadn't actually lost anything apart from my marriage which uh, people used to say things oh everybody splits up with people everybody gets divorced you know so there was a whole compound grief of you know losing a marriage losing a husband losing friends moving away from where I lived and then losing that dream of motherhood um, and that really threw me into a massive hole of of grief and yeah so I started happy and childless because 
I had to really find my own way through it. You know, the the, the counselling that I was offered was was still pronatal. You know, they the woman actually I was speaking to talked about her five children, so it wasn't the most helpful therapy experience I've ever had. Um, and so I had to really dig deep, and it was through that work that Happy and Child had started because. Whilst, you know, I was sad and I wanted to be a mother and it's all I did actually dream of being, I still believe that you can be happy in life. There's more to life than being a parent and being a mum. You know, I'm Helen and I've got so much more to offer than just being a parent. And so I started Happy and Childless as a blog, moved on to a podcast and then moved into coaching because I couldn't afford the therapy and coaching I needed. And I so desperately wanted to give that to people to give them hope. And so that is where Happy and Childless started from. That's fascinating. You know, similarly, um, same thing sort of happened to me. I was a little bit older, but found getting pregnant very difficult, um, was not able to carry a pregnancy, you know, through to term. And then my marriage broke up and ended. And I remember when I had the miscarriage, um, they were still trying to counsel me into IVF and all these other things. Um, at some point, when did you kind of decide that you weren't going to put yourself through all of that, or maybe that even adoption wasn't something that you wanted to, to move forward with. How did you make that decision? I think it was like my mental health. And I had to make that decision that I felt like I was in a revolving door. You know, what if, what if I'd stayed with my husband? What if I'd tried earlier? What if I'd not pursued my career in my thirties? You know, um, what if we had both decided to go for IVF sooner? And on the revolving doorway, it just made me physically ill. You know, I literally remember the nausea that I was feeling. And and at that point, I had to make a decision for my own self and my mental health that I had to move forward because at 40 single, there's no, there's no guarantee that you're going to become a mum. And there's also no guarantee that being a mum makes you happy. And I think I felt like the IVF was a golden ticket. You know, mm-hmm. if I just did IVF once and that would happen, but the actual rate of IVF success is so low and it's not talked about. Um, and this is the thing why I wanted to set up Happy and Child, this is because everybody believes that being not being a mum is down to infertility. But there's 80% of the people that are childless are childless by circumstance. Mm-hmm. So I think the decision, um, I actually went for an IVF but I hadn't been with my husband for about a year and we were still very close friends and I still had one chance of IVF. And in a panic, I woke up in the middle of the night, you know, oh my God, I'm reaching 42, I don't have children, I need to have this IVF, I need a baby. So I rang him up and said, look, I know we haven't seen each other for 12 months, but can we meet up? We'll go for IVF, we'll have a baby. Most ridiculous scenario, but out of panic, you know? And um, really, the IVF, you know so I had to diet to get down to a certain weight you know so I was on a lettuce diet for like a few weeks to get down to the weight (laughs) and then the IVF consultant was like look your eggs are so low and you're going to early menopause there's no way we can do IVF it won't be successful and those words were just like crushing and I remember like walking out there with my husband hadn't seen for a year like sobbing and the underground car parks in Manchester where I lived were just reverberating my tears Mm. But it was obviously there for a reason, like that, you know, that was all there for a reason. But at that point, that was when I had to say, I can't keep chasing something that isn't going to happen. That's not right. Because the decision to leave my husband was because we didn't want to pursue IVF in a marriage which wasn't wasn't healthy. So that was a difficult decision to make in itself to say, look, you know, we can't bring children into a marriage that's not working. Mm-hmm. So those decisions were all very difficult. And uh, but I had to decide I have to move forward. And I had to make peace with the situation. And I also had to make peace with myself, which is 
very much of what I wanted to talk to you about because that's been a long journey, which doesn't just include getting over being childless or, or coping or accepting that I'll never be a mum, but it's also starting to forgive myself for previous decisions that I made, you know, accepting who I am today and what purpose I have in life and where I fit in society because. I mentioned it before, but we do live in a predatorless society. So where does Helen yeah. fit in at 42 with no children in a predatorless world? Um, so all of these things, you know, I had to process. And and self-love was a really, really difficult one for me. Yeah, um, and it's really one of the areas that we can't ignore, that both in the realms of childlessness and in body acceptance, there's this societal pressure and stigma attached to these aspects of women's lives. Um, I mean, how many times have we been asked intrusive questions about when are you going to have a baby or why don't you have any kids? Um, and it parallels so closely with the expectations on women's bodies themselves. Um, this, this concept of living in a world where women are judged by their appearance and this social narrative that says to be acceptable, you need to look a certain way. And um, it's very much like to be a real woman, you need to be a mother. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just the pressure to have children it'll look a certain way. It's the expectation that you must want these things too. Whether you're childless or you don't want to conform to beauty standards, women are often seen as going against the grain and that can result in a lot of isolation and judgment and even shame. Absolutely. And I think the prejudice in society against people like ourselves. So from a child's perspective, you know, they have you thought of adoption? Have you gone for IVF? You know, mm -hmm. you'll regret it when you're older. Um, you know, even in a work environment, being told, um, wow, at least you could have three good holidays a year. Aren't you lucky you don't <laughs> have children? You know, like right. maybe you could buy a dog. I don't want a dog. You know, like right. dogs aren't for me. Um, so people want to, when you tell them the situation, people want to solve it for you. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit about the body image for me, you know. So the story on myself is that through my 30s, I guess I partied through my 20s <laughs> and I partied <laughs> the majority of my 30s, you know, and I didn't care so much, you know. But I knew mm -hmm. I was putting on weight and I wasn't being completely healthy, but I was loving life. Mm -hmm. But then when the seriousness of life crept in in my late 30s and then 40, even to the point where IVF was in question due to weight, you know mm -hmm. and that was something which was like oh no what, what's happened you know I've taken like 15 years to get to this way I can't unravel mm -hmm. it within a few weeks and then really what happened was part of the grieving process for me I self-medicated I self-medicated with Sauvignon mm -hmm. Blanc and I <laughs> I ate sort of that quick dopamine hit and you know I, I started to dislike myself I, you know I didn't just dislike the way I the decisions I'd made and the regret and the guilt of not you know giving my parents grandchildren you know giving my mm -hmm. husband children it was you know all of these things I just didn't like myself I didn't like the way yeah. I looked and then that was like a, a revolving door because then that was like I went into the fridge and got a glass of wine because then I was okay Mm -hmm. And this has been part of the journey, you know, so moving forward and being happy with childlessness involves going through the grief. You can't navigate around that grief. You have to go through it. Mm -hmm. But part of that is acceptance. And that really is in a parallel with the body image because accepting your situation. But the biggest thing is accepting me, you know, like I have made mistakes. Um, you know, I am a human, but I'm also an empathetic, loving, caring, generous, not to blow too much smoke, but like I have so <laughs> many things to offer people and that's not all just wrapped up in being a mum, you know? So then I had to accept where I was in my life. And the biggest thing I think that started to make me 
um, self-love is key for me to be able to move forward for childlessness in my coaching it's the central point you know I work with a matrix which is a nine box grid of everything in your life and I score it and work through it because we create a lot of imbalance in our life when we only focus about one area so for me it was childlessness and marriage friends personal development health everything else went by the wayside Mm-hmm. So when you when you only focus in one thing, but the box I insist everybody puts in the middle that people forget about is self love, and I am the worst person at self love. So <laughs> you can be a coach and not perfect, right? Absolutely. Um, and so this is why I wanted to talk to you because this is a great opportunity for free therapy. But, <laughs> but like self love, I, I had to work on it. It did improve and heal me. But still after now reconciling with being childless, that self-love thing is a continual thing. Mm-hmm. You know, loving me for me, my body for me. I've dieted on and off for years. And that, you know, I used to have a really lovely shape and I sort of got a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think, oh, if only I could just lose two stone. Mm-hmm. But I remember years ago, I actually did lose two stone and I was filled with paranoia. <laughs> and insecurity when people said mm-hmm. to me wow you've lost weight and I was like why what was I like before was horrendous <laughs> it just didn't make me happy so what right. I realized is having a baby doesn't make you happy being a mom doesn't make you happy being eight stone doesn't make you happy mm. you know what makes you happy is working on that inside and and building up that self-worth and absolutely I think and I think from a childless perspective, you know, you lose that self-worth because you've not done what everybody expects you to do. You know, your body hasn't performed like it should have done. I mean, mine was inexplained. I mean, what's that about? Right. <laughs> Why is my body not working? There's nothing even actually there, tangible for me to say, oh, I had that. That was the reason. Um, and if I'd have tried, you know, if we'd have actually me and my husband had a closer relationship, if you know what I mean, you know, we may have had, we may have got pregnant. But sure. that sort of separation Um, intimately as well was one of the reasons. Yeah. I I think that it's so important what you just said about self-acceptance and forgiveness. So often we beat ourselves up for all of the things that we think we did wrong. Um, All of the mistakes we might've made, you know, whether it was career choices, educational choices, relationship choices, any of those things. Um, And we have to get to a place where we're ready to look at that through a different lens. We want to be able to look at it through a lens of neutrality and acceptance because sometimes going from, I'm so disgusted and disappointed in myself and my body because it can't do the things I was raised to believe it was supposed to do. And my purpose in being a woman is to be here to have children. You know, and if that's not my purpose, then what else am I here to do? Um, and then being able to sit with that, you know, you said you were able to sit with your feelings and, and sit with that grief. I don't think we give ourselves permission to really feel things in a safe place where there is no judgment, where there is no, um, no anger, no fear, just, just acceptance because it's a stretch, right? We need to be able to sit with that long enough to figure out, okay, what was, what was I thinking? And in the moment, those were the best choices I could have made for myself. So this is where I am now. And how do I move forward? Um, And with body acceptance, it's very similar. You know, we want to get to a place where, as you said, being thinner doesn't always solve all your problems, even though, you know, the media tells us that all we need to do is be a certain size, And everything's magically going to fall into place, right? The right relationship, the right career, the right job, the right clothes, the right everything is going to happen for me if I'm just thinner. And then we get there Mm. and either A, 
we're disappointed because none of that stuff happened or B we're terrified that we can't stay there. And so we're constantly restricting and depriving and anxious about what we have to do to stay there. And it interferes with every other thing that we enjoy in our life. Absolutely. And I think like for me, you know, I self-medicated to numb out feelings. Mm. And then when, um, you know, sort of I tried to make improvements on diet and, and not drinking as much, the actual realization, you know, I had to do the work. I think that's the thing. I had to do the work on me, which is why coaching is so important because, you know, when I started to do coaching, you know, I thought, yeah, I can do this because I can help other people. But as I've got into it and see how just sitting, even listening to someone and letting them talk through their emotions is so, so helpful because as in childlessness, you know, you're not, you feel lonely. I mean, I am a very social person and I have never felt so lonely, even surrounded with so many people because people just don't get me. You know, even my mom, she says the most ridiculous things to me, you know, because she's a mom. She doesn't understand the grief of, you know, and the triggers I get all the time. You know, my partner, he's he's got three adult children and, and one has now started to have children. So now I have grandchildren without even having children. So all of these things, you know, and so sitting down and the biggest thing is being seen, heard and understood. And finding your community, and I know I've heard you in your podcast talk about community, and mm. it's it's massive for me. Connection with people who got me changed my life, which is why I set up the Happy and Childless app for connections. Because you know, just listening to other people, knowing you're not alone, and learning techniques. We've all got our own tips and techniques of how we navigate through these difficulties in life, um, and that is connection. Absolutely changed my life. Can you think of a a specific moment or um, a situation when you just thought, I have to do this for other people? I mean, what was your sort of aha moment that that made you dive into this? Because this is a lot of work um, and you've got, you know, the website and the podcast and the app. So what was sort of the bridge that got you from your period of, of grief to this new place where you can now begin to help other people? I think for me, I wanted to create something that wasn't there for me. You know, so there was lots of people talking about childlessness, but it was very much from a place of grief, you know, and I was really passionate inside that I didn't want to talk about it forever. I didn't want to, you know, huddle and and be sad about it forever. I wanted to be Helen, you know, I wanted to get back to Helen who had that fire in her belly, who had the fun and who had the energy and who could give back to society and who could offer something. And I'd always been in corporate sales and, you know, I love my customers. I love networking. And I just thought, why? Because I'm childless. I I just wouldn't allow it to keep me down. And so I wanted to be that inspiration for the people. You know, I wanted to live by example that you can be happy and childless. And, you know, I say to people, I'm not happy because I'm childless. Some people think of the title happy and childless. Well, what about if you're not happy? And my point is, like, you know, you can be. I'm not happy because I'm childless. I'm happy despite of that. So going to the Connections app, which I have set up, the driver behind that was simply I started a meetup group and I started to meet all the childless people but I realized that they were so not my people and this sounds awful Mm. but because you're childless you're thrown into a bucket of childless people oh you'll get on with everybody because you're childless you know and I'm sure it's the same with people who are looking at body image you know we're not all the same we don't all like the same things so the driver behind the app was finding your tribe for want of a better expression, you know, finding people who understand you because that's where you'll get your solace. That's where you'll get your inspiration and that's where you'll get your friendships. And that's really, really important that you find people who you can grow with. 
And that's the, that's could, the whole inspiration. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know that when I finally started meeting other women that didn't have children, um, it was sort of surprising that there were so many women that even in my social circle, once we started kind of talking and getting to know each other better, and we learned a little bit more about each other, our stories and kind of all the details of our personal lives, um, I was surprised of how many different reasons and different ways there are for a woman to end up with no children, whether she never wanted them or whether she had a circumstance similar to the ones that you and I have had, where you just kind of got to a place where it was almost too late. And when you were ready, your body wasn't. And then Absolutely. it was not much of an option anymore. And so, you know, it's so nice to know you're not alone. It's so nice to be able to talk about your situation with people that understand. But as you mentioned, I think for anybody who is a coach, it's also very powerful to be able to hold that space for someone else while they're going through their story and, and their period of grief. Yeah, I mean, it's my passion, you know, that I feel like even through the adversity of being childless and, it, you know, and it's been a terrible time, but the grief of even separating from my husband is, is, was terrible at the time. Mm -hmm. But being able to give back is something which gives me purpose. And I actually believe now that this is my purpose, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think the key is as well and the benefit um, when I went for counselling initially, I was speaking to someone who clearly had five children as she kindly told me about so actually like yourself and like talking to somebody who gets you that is critical because they've, they've walked the path you know so life isn't perfect and I'm not saying that I'm always happy and childless I mean my partner will say to me you're the unhappiest happy and childless person <laughs> but I'm real you know I'm just yeah. real so talking to somebody who gets you is so so important would you tell us a little bit about sort of your coaching process? I mean, when someone comes to work with you, sort of what are some of the like best practices or best tips you have for helping someone work through that process for themselves? Well, I think firstly, I think if somebody is coming to talk about the childlessness, then they're still grieving, you know? So I really didn't recognize it as grief. You know, I was acting irrationally and drinking too much and, you know, and people didn't understand me. And so I had to realize it was grief and then you can be kinder to yourself you know and you can sit with that and you can work through it and some days will be harder than others but the thing is that grief and joy can coexist you know so when you pour more joy into your life then that grief bucket becomes less it will always be there but then you have to sit with that you know yeah. and then the second thing as I've said is acceptance and not people don't like to accept where they are in life or how they are if it's weight or if it's childlessness but I think it's about not necessarily saying I'm happy entirely with where I am but acknowledging that you know it wasn't our fault we did the very best we could given the circumstances you know and we are here today not because we made terrible choices you know so acceptance is key and then the biggest thing that I work with continually is self-love okay. because without that love and without and I don't mean massages and shopping <laughs> which I'm good at um you know I mean like setting boundaries you know working mm. with yourself and understanding what makes you happy um and making certain decisions self-worth trying to build that up and when it comes down to nutrition the biggest things that have helped me is stopping focusing on the outside you know so I am where I am on the outside you know and I'd love to be two stone three stone lighter but when I actually looked at it from caring about myself and a self-love perspective then what does my body look like from the inside you know and stop worrying about what other people see 
but this is a body that actually has turned up for me every day, even through the depths of my grief and the drinking and the, you know, unhealthy habits, which I've had for a number of years. And so now I look at it like, well, actually, like the machine analogy, if you put diesel in a petrol car, it doesn't work. Right. You know, so it's how I'm feeding my body has actually started to make me think, wow, why would I put that in when I can put that into my body, you know? Right, right. And I think education. So like on childlessness, you know, all the different things I've spoken about, acceptance, self-love, but from a weight perspective and a body image perspective, which is all part of the coaching as well, because many people have been through, you know, rounds of IVF and terrible hormone treatments and stuff, is actually, you know, like your body has served you and there's a relationship between the gut and the mind. So mental health and actually can be a result of poor gut health, for example, you know, and I never really looked into this which made me start to make different choices for myself. And, you know, being perimenopausal, you know, let's not ignore the fact that in your 40s, not only are you dealing with childlessness or body image, but it's also perimenopause and hormones. So actually, like, little adjustments on how I can supplement rather than take away. Right. It's important that you that we do that. That's really a big component of, um, intuitive eating is the whole idea of gentle nutrition. You know, mm. it's not about I'm going to eat cupcakes every day for breakfast. I mean, you certainly could if you wanted to, but the point is we want to find balance, you know, the balance between the things that we know are nutritious and, and delicious and satisfying. And then some of the things that are fun to eat once in a while, um, being able to understand how those foods make us feel. You know, some foods are going to upset your digestive system. Some are going to make you feel amazing. So we just want to have a balance in those things. Not so much, you know, all good and all crazy, but just a balance in everything that we're doing. And the other thing that I think is so wonderful is when you were talking about being in your body, um, being able to accept our bodies and look at them beyond just ornaments, you know, that are here to look a certain way or do a certain thing, being able to appreciate our bodies for all of the things that they've done for us, all of the illnesses they've pulled us through, all of the late nights, all of the studying, all of the hard work, all of the fun and all of the joy and all of the sadness too. You know, our bodies are there with us every step of the way. And so just showing ourselves the simple respect of putting, you know, food into the body that makes us feel good and moving our body because it brings us joy and it's great for stress reduction, not always to burn the calories or earn the dessert you know those are really big pieces of intuitive eating and it sounds like you've kind of discovered that those are two things that work really well for you too it's just you know being balanced with your nutrition you know really being kind of gentle with yourself around all of that and then finding ways to live your life and appreciate your body outside of simply how it looks yeah and I think I'm in the journey with my body you know am I you know am I there yet no have I turned a corner absolutely yes but it's a challenge because I have self-medicated for 20 years with Sauvignon. I have eaten nice foods because that makes me feel good. So it's not mm-hmm. going to change overnight, you know. Right. But having that mindset of actually what you said was not focusing on how you feel, of, of what you look like, sorry, but how you feel. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing that's, that sparked this for me is the perimenopause because... I've been to the doctors and I, I don't take tablets. I don't want to take tablets for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to take hormone replacement, you know? And I'm like, okay, what naturally can I do for myself? And actually that's where um, looking into hormones and the importance of hormones and the role of hormones, not just estrogen, but all mm-hmm. the other hormones in your body that are so affected by what you eat and what you drink and what you mm-hmm. do. It's incredible. Like, it's amazing. And how my body has functioned for 20 years is like, incre- you know, it is 
is in question, you know, <laughs> because and that's what's amazing about it. It's still functioning. So the question is, if I make, I'm not perfect. You know, I mm-hmm. love curry. I love nice food. I love wine. <laughs> you know, I like having a good time. But, you know, again, it's down to moderation and just small tweaks. And with childlessness, what I say to everybody is, my journey was over five years, you know, and it started and I made small changes, but I made them regularly and I made them habitual and I set processes to help me to do it and a system. And that's part of the coaching. You ask about what that is. And it is all about tiny steps which build up into momentous change. And it's the same, I guess, with changing your body and changing your relationship with food. Is You're not going to overnight become some health nutritionist and expert in food. And if I'm honest, I don't even want to be. Right. But if I can if I can sort my sleep problem out, which is waking up at three o'clock in the morning because of a sugar drop or because of my hormones, you know, mm-hmm. if I can do things for myself that will create that calm, then and create natural sleep then that makes me a happy person the next day it makes me make healthier choices and it makes my mental health which is the most important when you're trying to process childlessness so all of these things are very very interlinked aren't they yeah absolutely and it sounds like mindset is at the basis of all of this you know the foundation is always managing our mindset being able to look at our thoughts and our thought patterns and being able to see how those thoughts cause emotions in our body and then how we respond to those emotions uh, really give us the results that we see in our lives. So it's all about looking at our thoughts and and being willing to change the way we think about things because our thoughts become beliefs, right? So if we want to change our beliefs about things, we really need to change our thinking. So looking at our circumstance, being childless in a different light is very similar to being able to look at the relationship we have with our bodies in a different light. You know, being able to see that there's not one aspect of us and that's it. You know, there are all these multifaceted parts of us that we still are, you know, even in a larger body or even without children. You know, there's still so much more to being a human being and a, a woman than just how we look and, and our ability to have children or not. And I think, you know, I think if I could summarize it to you, and if I could say to anybody, I'd say, you know, be kinder to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, lighten up a little bit on yourself, you know, we're not perfect, but what is perfect, you know, and take the pressure off that we have to look a certain way or we have to have children or be mums or be this or be career women now. And people think because you're childless that all of a sudden you're going to have some amazing revelation and you're going to become this like massive or make you know massive change. It's not the case. You can just be, you know, you can Absolutely. just be you and have fun and enjoy life. And I think that would be, you know, be kind to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Ah, if we could all just have a little bit more of that in our lives, wouldn't that be special? Absolutely. <laughs> we work on it and we've got to keep yeah. working on it, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. So for anybody who's been listening and feels really called to work with you, what are the best ways to find you? So you can go to my website, happyandchildless.co.uk. Um, you can download the app, which is on Apple and um, Apple and yeah my podcast have a listen to my podcast there on Apple and Spotify so yeah just contact me and um yeah I'd love to help anybody who needed that and a little bit of reassurance and, and hope we've been talking to Helen from happy and childless um if you are feeling compelled, please join, listen to her podcast. I've listened to some of the episodes. They're really fantastic. Um, the app is a great way to connect with other people that are going through what you're going through. Um, find her on the internet, find her on her podcast, download the app. 
Thank you so much, Helen. I'm looking forward to uh, another conversation soon, I hope. Um, Definitely. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy yeah the thank you very day. much. I've loved speaking yeah. with you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> what an amazing and enlightening conversation we've had today with Helen Gallagher. Helen, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your humor, and your incredible insights with us. I know our listeners have gained so much from hearing your perspective. And for you, if you found yourself nodding along, feeling inspired, or simply wanting to learn more about living a happy and childless life, you don't have to stop here. Head over to Helen's website at www.happyandchildless.co.uk to discover more resources, stories, and a supportive community. Oh, and don't forget to download Helen's amazing app. It's filled with tools and tips and inspiration to guide you on your own unique journey and find your community. Trust me, you'll love having Helen's wisdom right at your fingertips. As always, thank you for tuning in to Say When. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who might need to hear it too. Here's to embracing who we are, celebrating our choices, and living life on our terms. Until next time, take care and remember to say when to anything that doesn't serve your joy and fulfillment. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Say When, the podcast for women who've had enough of diet culture and are ready to get on with their lives. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, send me a DM through Instagram at Holly Toscanini, or you can find me on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Thanks for joining me.